Glide. Hello, my name is Aisa Tudiawara. I'm a technical advisor at the Global Institute for Disease Elimination based in Abu Dhabi. And I'm pleased to welcome you to our podcast series, Elimination Exchange. At Glide, we focus our efforts on understanding and accelerating progress towards the elimination and eradication of neglected tropical diseases, currently onchocerciasis and lymphatic filiasis, as well as polio and malaria. Elimination Exchange It's my pleasure to have with us today Dr. Frank Richard, Senior Advisor on River Blindness, Lymphatic Filiasis, Schistosomiasis and Malaria at the Carter Center. Dr. Richard is an expert in parasitic and tropical diseases and has worked extensively in Latin America and Africa. His professional interest is in the safe and effective delivery of available tools to control or eliminate tropical infectious diseases. Today, Dr. Richards will share his 40 years experience in the fight against onchocerciasis. Just to remind our podcast listeners, onchocerciasis, also known as river blindness, is an eye and skin infection caused by parasitic worms and transmitted by black flies. The disease is endemic in 30 African countries, as well as in some foci in Latin America and Yemen. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you today, Asitu. Thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Um, it's a Monday morning, so I'm just getting started in the week. So uh, this is a great way to start. Thank you, Frank. So could you tell us a little bit about how you first started working on onchocerciasis? Sure. Um, so go back to 1982 when I first joined the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta um, after I finished my pediatric internship and residency. And when I came into the Division of Parasitic Diseases, they told me we need someone working on onchocerciasis here. We have no one working on onchocerciasis, which is river blindness, as you explained. And they immediately dropped about um, I can't show you because I'm not on camera, but I would say about two feet, a two foot high stack of documents on my desk and told me to read through them. They were for the Onchocerciasis Control Program of Africa. And I was supposed to learn about this disease and then answer phone calls from all around the United States uh, from physicians who might have river blindness or patients with river blindness. That's how I got started. Thank you so much for sharing your experience on how Uh, you first started working on onchocerciasis. So what was it like working at the Centers for Disease Control before there was a treatment for onco and efforts were focused on control? Did people believe an effective treatment could be found? In 1982, there was no effective treatment for river blindness, or I should say no safe treatment. The available medicines could actually be worse than the disease itself. So my job in those days was to tell people, I'm sorry, there's nothing you can do for your patients, um, <clears throat> which wasn't very satisfying to anybody, not the patient, the physician, or me giving that advice. So I was following very closely um, in the literature the, the research to develop 
um, new treatments. And one was being looked at in those years called MK933, which was ivermectin. And uh, researchers were finding that it was a very safe medicine compared to the other medicines. It didn't cause the same severe adverse events. The problem was it wasn't curative. It did not kill the adult worm stage of the parasite. But what it did do was kill what we called the microfilaria stage that causes the skin and the eye disease. So it was an effective control, if you will, for uh, people who had the infection. And since it was safe, it was discovered that it could be given in mass drug administration programs to control river blindness. So the strategy as this drug was licensed in France, and as uh, Merck donated the medicine in 1987 um, for mass drug administration as much as necessary, um, as long as necessary, the entire world of river blindness reoriented itself from vector control. That was the stack of documents thrown on my desk in 1982 for the the control of um, program of Africa, switched around to uh, using mass drug administration. And so pretty much my career has been oriented toward helping distribute this drug in the Americas and in Africa. And it's, it, it's, it's been a really great experience. It's fascinating that you were able to witness uh, important milestone in uh, oncocontrol and elimination progress. So one of them is uh, the delivery of uh, mectizan, as you said, uh, also known as uh, ivermectin, to people at risk uh, of onco through the uh, mectizan donation program. And since the program starts in 1987, as you reminded us, more than 4 billion treatments uh, have been donated, allowing more than 300 million people in affected areas to be reached. And another milestone is the elimination of oncosarcoidosis transmission in four countries in the region of the Americas. In 2013, Colombia was the first country in the world to be verified free of oncosarcoidosis transmission by the World Health Organization. It was followed uh, by Equator in 2014, Mexico in 2015, and Guatemala in 2016. So based on your experience, since you chair the program coordinating committee uh, of the oncosarcoidosis elimination program for the Americas, what lessons could we learn from these countries that eliminated oncotransmission? And what could be replicated in other settings, uh, such as in Africa or Yemen? Thanks for that, that question. And let, let me just take you um, back to my history. In mm -hmm. 1987, the same year as the donation uh, by Merck of Mectazan, I went to the um, CDC research station in Guatemala. And it was there where I had my firsthand field experience with river blindness for the period of time of five years. And those were the first years of the distribution of ivermectin um, in that country. Uh, there was also distribution of, of ivermectin in those years in Mexico and in Ecuador. But three of the other countries that were um, uh, endemic for river blindness in the Americas uh, Brazil, uh, Venezuela, and Colombia had not begun yet in those years. So what the research I was doing in those years was to see if we could use ivermectin not just to con control disease, 
but to actually block the transmission cycle. And we discovered what we needed to do was to treat all communities that have the disease and also um, to treat more intensely, not once per year, but twice per year of ivermectin. And we discovered that by doing that, you could block the transmission and really believe um, that you could eliminate uh, uh, the transmission of the disease. So in 1993, the Onchocerciasis Elimination Program of the Americas was launched to support a Pan-American Health Organization resolution the year before to go for elimination in the Americas. And the idea was, the vision was, a region of the Americas free of river blindness. And it, it, it followed that, that concept that I gave, treat everywhere where there's river blindness and treat hard, treat intensively with twice per year treatment. And you, you announced the success of that um, in four countries now being verified free of river blindness. That means you treat for a period, then you stop treating and you make sure the disease does not or the infection does not come back. And so that has been demonstrated and the, the demonstration really helped advise the World Health Organization on developing its guidelines for the elimination that are now being used in Africa. So, you know, personally, to have gone to Guatemala in 1987 and see river blindness raging <laughs> in parts of that country, it was the most endemic country in the Americas, by the way. Um, and to see in 2015 that it was declared gone um, has been sort of, you know, well, the most amazing part of my career to see Guatemala finish because I really have a personal feeling for the people who were affected having seen the, the suffering from the disease and to have reached the point now in the Americas where we're 95% to the goal. We are, we're in the last 5% in a very, very difficult region on the border between uh, Brazil and Venezuela. And here I want to thank Glide for, for um, providing us for support um, for some of that work in, uh, in what we call the last mile. This is really, you know, the, the last mile in the Americas, which is usually the hardest. Um, and I, I think we'll come back to that later on when we sort of talk about the concept of disease elimination and eradication overall. But, you know, the, the thing that I want to, to impress upon the audience is that in Africa, the approach to using ivermectin was not for elimination, but for control. And, and it was a very nice program that was developed by the African Program for Onchocerciasis Control, APOC, with which I was involved from the beginning to the end of that program in 2015. And the approach there was, look, it, it, the people who suffer the most from river blindness and almost all of the blindness, almost all of the skin disease occurs in places where the prevalence of the infection, the, the, the rate of infection in the population is 40% and above. So if we give the medicine to those areas, we'll get rid of 99% of the blindness, 95% of the skin disease. Um, and so let's do that. And, and so that was done. And largely, river blindness has been controlled as a public health problem in Africa. Some people call it eliminated as a public health problem. You shouldn't confuse eliminate as a public health problem, though, with elimination of transmission. That's really much different. And for right. Africa to eliminate transmission, it needs to do two things. It needs to find all of the communities where prevalence is less than 40%. In other words, there can be 
communities where 30%, one out of every three people are infected, and there's transmission going on that have not had any interventions. So unlike the Americas, the African programs have to reorient toward reaching those what we call hypoendemic communities if you want to break the transmission cycle. Um, again, those areas have very little disease from the infection, um, but they do have transmission. So that's one problem. And the second problem is how do you accelerate this? Because if you go to these areas now and it's going to take 14 years to finish, that's that's so long. But if you use twice per year treatment, you can reduce the number, the amount of time you need by 40 percent. So the Carter Center has always been advocates uh, for treating more intensely with ivermectin and for treating the areas that have been left out um, from the treatment programs in Africa. And, and that to me is the lesson from Americas, and that is my hope on um, uh, what will happen in Africa. And the Carter Center programs in Africa uh, that we assist have indeed been expanding treatment to hypoendemic areas and pushing for twice per year treatment and helping to support twice per year treatment with the goal of ultimately eliminating river blindness from Africa and the world. That's our that's everyone's dream now. Thank you, uh, Frank. So it's clear that many factors must be considered in order to achieve uh, elimination goals. And as you said, also new methods or new strategies, new tools need to be tried out uh, for effectiveness and operationalized to achieve elimination of transmission. And you also reminded that it's important to reorient the uh, uh, priorities to break the transmission cycle. Um, you talked about new tools, and one of the new tools that um, is is very close to being ready um, to deploy widely um, is a, a medicine that's in the same class as ivermectin called moxidectin. And moxidectin essentially is the equivalent of twice per year ivermectin treatment, so that you you'll be able to get a more sustained impact on keeping the transmission cycle suppressed so that the adult worms go away um, and and just simply add that to the once per year treatment programs. Um, so at least you won't have to go to twice per year if this expands in these hypoendemic areas that need to be accelerated. But you will still need to expand the treatment to uh, hypoendemic areas. That you can't get away from. Moxidectin seems to be a promising tool with the potential to reduce number of rounds of mass drug administration required to eliminate onco. But as you said, efforts should also focus on treating hypoendemic areas. So as we look ahead to achieving the target set in the WHO 2030 roadmap for neglected tropical diseases, what do you see as the future of onco elimination efforts and what is your hope? Well, I kind of gave you a few of those ideas. Um, one is that in the new um, WHO roadmap um, for 2030 for the neglected tropical diseases, I'm really happy that river blindness is one of the conditions that's listed um, for elimination of transmission. Not elimination as a public health problem, which I think has largely been done. Elimination of transmission so that we can stop these programs safely um, and carry on to some other disease that needs to be eliminated. So, you know, that that is um, a very, very exciting piece to me. 
and it involves the kinds of changes and reorientation in Africa that I've described, treating in hypoendemic areas, treating more intensively, either with moxidectin or twice per year ivermectin. Um, there, there's some other challenges in Africa that need to be addressed, uh, particularly with a parasite called Loa Loa that um, can cause some bad adverse events when the patient is treated with ivermectin or, or moxidectin. So that still is another issue that needs to be worked out. But the I think that the goal by 2030 of having 12 countries now going from four to 12 countries that have eliminated transmission of river blindness and have, be, have been verified by WHO is a reasonable one. Um, and I, I um, really look forward you asked me what gives me my hope and what has me excited. I really look forward to uh, moving in this direction. I, I think, though, that remember that verification is on the country level. What we need now is progression of elimination of transmission focus by focus by focus. There can be many different transmission zones in a country. Um, some are easier to get rid of than others, and to keep hope alive, what we need to do is to continue to demonstrate success by eliminating one focus at a time and celebrating it, uh, you know, publicizing it, publishing it. Um, and this has really been happening now, especially in Nigeria, which has made some really major progress in a number of different parts of the country in stopping MDA, in declaring elimination in parts of the country. And these will be important presentations that will be made this week at the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene meetings, um, where the the success of Nigeria is going is going to be um, highlighted um, in in river blindness elimination. Nigeria is the most endemic country in the world for river blindness. You won't eliminate without eliminating in Nigeria. So again, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Publish your work. And people, more people will get the vision and come to believe that this is something we can get done. We really need to capitalize on this momentum. Yeah, that's very exciting. Like it really gives hope to other countries in, uh, in Africa. So thank you for ending on the positive notes. I have one more question for you, if it's fine. Sure. Thank you. So what advice do, do you have for the new generation of medical doctors, uh, scientists, epidemiologists, global health specialists working in tropical infectious diseases? Well, you know, and this is where I'm really excited about GLIDE. Um, I'm really excited uh, about the International Task Force for Disease Eradication at the Carter Center. It's also been meeting for many, many years trying to make sure that we um, keep alive the idea of eradication and elimination as a public health strategy. Because, you know, there are lots of folks who don't like that idea. There are lots of, lots of people who say um, it's too expensive to get those final cases. Um, economically speaking, to, to reach the last mile, um, when you could take this money and, and put it somewhere else um, to have more impact is what we ought to do. And, and, and the challenges that we have when we look at the current eradication programs, which are polio and guinea worm, is that they have what I call the long tail. 
you get you, the cases come down dramatically in the early part. Everyone's really excited, but then the last mile is what's so difficult. The um, United Arab Emirates reaching the last mile fund is 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 an idea of of how we have to continue to invest to get done um, the final cases to 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 finally get to the end, and. I really think um, that a lot of folks now, uh, professionals in public health and medicine, could uh, look at the current environment and say, you know, it's really, we did smallpox, but if we look at guinea worm, if we look at polio, it really takes so long. It's, it's, um, it, it's exhausting in a way. And what, what I would like to, to put forward here to your audience is that we will always go for eradication. Human beings have it in our genes. Uh, we want to climb Mount Everest. We want to go to the moon. And eradication is the pinnacle of public health. And as we get new tools, someone will always stand up and say, can't we do this now? Can't we use this tool to reach the end? And uh, the reason is that eradication of diseases, the supreme accomplishment. It represents closure and it represents equity because you can't use the excuse of it's too expensive to reach these last people at the end of the road. We really do need to leave people out because, you know, we can't afford it and we can't afford it. We, we can't afford it and we need to, to move from a scarcity mentality to a mentality of we can we can control all these diseases diseases and we can eradicate too, and that is the message I think the next generations will always have. Uh, no matter what I say today, it's in our genes, and we will always go for eradication. So, thanks to Glide for having that vision, and um, we need to keep that vision alive. So thank you so much for sharing your experience. It was very inspiring, and I'm pretty sure that you have inspired uh, many people. <laughs> well, um, you know, thank you, thank you very much uh, for for your questions, and uh, it's been a real pleasure to be here, Asatu. We hope you learned something new about disease elimination efforts and invite you to tune in next time to Elimination Exchange as we continue to explore the tools, interventions and innovations that will help us consign these Asian diseases of poverty to the history books. For more information about GLIDE, please visit our website at glideae.org. GLIDE.